feels pretty weird having this thing off. Uh, Would you join me in a word of prayer, please? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer, amen. So I think something that's become really apparent to all of us in the past, what is it, 61 weeks now, uh, is the importance of praying for one another and to let each other know that we're praying for each other, uh, to know that somebody's in your corner. Uh, praying to God for you can make a big difference. It can be encouraging. It's more than just saying, I'm praying for you as a bit of a, an automatic response when somebody lets you know they're going through something difficult. It's more than just letting them know, well, I don't really know what you're going through and I can't help, so I might as well pray. No, in letting somebody know that you're praying for them, you're, you are admitting, you know what, I don't know how to help you. I can't begin to imagine what you're going through, but I know somebody who does. And that's encouraging, and that's something God's people should do for one another. But it's one thing to know that somebody's praying for you. It's an entirely different thing to hear somebody praying for you, to have somebody let you in on their conversation with God, to show them your, to show you their heart that way, kind of just like what we saw here. Uh, wasn't it just great to have the kids back up and then to have them all go before God together, to join in together, and to see each other, to see our hearts, to bear our hearts to God? Over Vicarage, I got a better understanding of this. Uh, I had a member who had the uncanny ability of knowing when I wasn't all right. She was a mother after all. She could see through the mask of what I would like to think was a brave face and to see that I wasn't doing all right. So she would ask, Micah, can I pray for you? Well, how do you say no to that? So I would say, sure, thank you, that'd be great. And I'd turn to go back to whatever it was I was doing. And she would say, no, Vicar, right here, right now. And she would, right then and there. She would pray for me. She let me in on her relationship with God. She laid her heart out. I got to see her heart for the Lord, her heart for me. Now, what's the difference, you might ask? God's hearing it all the same. It's the same God. It's the same prayer. And I got to just get a glimpse of her closeness with the Lord, and we grew closer after something like that. And our text gives us a little bit of a, a glimpse of that today. In our gospel reading, Jesus shows his heart for his disciples and what he's got in mind for them. Now, prior to our text, leading up to this prayer, Jesus had just told the disciples, this is before Easter, this is before Good Friday, he lets them know, in this world, you're going to go through tribulation. And they don't know the half of it. They don't know what they're about to get into. But Jesus comforts them. Take heart. I have overcome the world. And he begins to pray for them, right then and right there. He shows them the heart he has for his heavenly Father, and the heart he has for them. This is a prayer unlike any other. Now, he'd already taught them how to pray in praying the Lord's Prayer with them. Now, he, Jesus, prays for them. He knows exactly what they're going through and exactly what they're about to go through. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. He knows exactly what's that, what that's like because it happened to him first when he says, just as I am not of this world. 
Jesus knows what tribulation looks like. He knows all too well what the resistance, the rejection, the scorn, the torment, and the death look like. It's about to happen to him. And it'll come for the disciples later, too. Now, from what we can gather about the early church, from what we know from tradition, it seems very likely that Peter and Andrew were crucified, that Thomas was put to death with spears, and yet we're still talking about him. All but one of the disciples, John, who wrote this prayer, appeared to have died violent deaths, confessing Christ to a world that had rejected him. They were brought through the tribulation, trusting that Jesus had overcome the world already. And Jesus knows what they're going to have to go through. And he knows what they'll need to get through it. To be unified together. To be one with him just as Jesus and the Father are one. To be united. He prays, keep them in your name. Protect them by the power of your name which you have given me. That they may be one. Even as we are one. Now to be in God's name is to belong to him. And the disciples went through that tribulation of witnessing that name to the world, to a hard-headed world. They went to their deaths, witnessing the name of the triune God. Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I am sending them into the world. And we get a better glimpse of what that looks like in talking about the ascension. Carly's children's message. It says, go into the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There's a promise attached to that. Surely, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, even through the tribulation, even through the suffering. He'll be with them even then. And Jesus prays that the Lord would hold them together in that. Hold them together in his name and in that truth as they go about making disciples. Witnessing a truth that seems too good to be true. The truth that Jesus lived, died, rose, lives again, and is coming back. That they, that we, might be made forgiven, be made holy, be made something new. And for the disciples to stand firm, they have to stand together. Together in God's name and in his truth. Jesus asks this of the Father. And the disciples get to see his heart for them. In listening in, God granted this prayer. The disciples went to their graves, clinging to that truth, clinging to Jesus' name. And we're still talking about him today. That message didn't get extinguished. If we look just a little bit further in that prayer, we'll see that it's for us too. Jesus prays, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. We're still in this world. Tribulation is still all around us. If we're going to make it through, we're going to need to be united, to be one. If we're going to come through these trials still clinging to Jesus, we're going to be united to God and to one another. We're going to need each other. If we're going to go through the pain and profound loss that characterizes each life, still proclaiming, still clinging to Jesus, we're going to need each other. We're going to need to remind each other how sure and how good this truth is. We're going to need to lift each other up when we're sinking. We're going to keep our heads on swivels because the evil one is still snapping at our heels. 
But being united, being one, is a whole lot easier said than done. Even just in the ordinary world. Uh, do you remember a little over a year ago, we started seeing signs popping up? A wonderful message. We're all in this together. Uh, but how long did that sentiment stick around? I don't mean to be bleak. But it didn't take us all that long as a wider society to start making selfish decisions. For that savor of we're all in this together to turn bitter in our mouths and to turn into selfish decisions. No, it didn't take all that long for us to turn on each other. Maybe that's the same in the church sometimes. Yet we're made to be together, to be united in that truth, to be bound together. But sometimes... It's a whole lot easier to be off on our own little islands. Sometimes our brothers and sisters need more than we can give them. Sometimes they're going through some stuff. And meanwhile, we've all got our own stuff. Other people's hurts can seem like too much. Sometimes even the reminder that we're going through a great tribulation seems to be sitting right next to us on Sundays. Don't look now. Now, why stand together in Jesus? Why go through this together when everyone's got their own stuff, when me and Jesus are doing just fine? Thank you very much. We have this word that you may have seen in the prayer today. This word concord. It means hearts is one. We tend to like that word in the Lutheran church. We like to name our schools Concordia. Hearts is one, but the reality of it is we've each got our own little hearts on our own little islands, blind to the pain and suffering, to the difficulty of being together with our Christians. And sometimes when we realize that we're not loving each other like we should be, sometimes when we realize that getting together, that being together, being united, just doesn't seem all that appealing, maybe not even the smart option, somebody makes a sarcastic comment when they realize that we're not getting along. They say, well, sure, why don't we all just gather around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. They mean it sarcastically. They mean that it doesn't seem very likely that we're going to get along. And so they use the example of Kumbaya, the old campfire song, as hokey as the rest of Pete Seeger's career, to say, no, we don't think that getting along seems very likely, or all that appealing even. But I think if we take a closer look at Kumbaya, we actually might get a better picture of what Jesus has in mind for us in this high priestly prayer. You see, Kumbaya is more than just a hokey song for guys who can sort of kind of play the acoustic guitar. Now, Kumbaya is a spiritual, a spiritual that arose in history, a spirit that comes from a particular people, the Gullah people. The Gullah people are a people who exist in the American South on a small chain of islands off of the Carolinas and Georgia. But the Gullah people originally came from West Africa. And as you might imagine, they did not come by choice. And the Gullah language is still spoken today. It's a mixture of European and Western African languages all put together. Now the phrase kumbaya doesn't really need to be translated as much as it needs to be said a few times before it makes sense to our English-speaking ears. Kumbaya, come by here. It's a prayer. It's a prayer of a people who suffered immeasurably throughout history, who suffered cruelty, who suffered rejection, who suffered the world hating them. It's a prayer of the community that knew if they were going to stick together, if they were going to make it, to see, to make it through to see the next day, 
They were going to need some help. They were going to need to lean on Jesus and each other. And it's no mistake that we, when we hear that song, we associate it with campfires. I imagine this song did, in fact, come up. This prayer rose around the campfire at night. It's the prayer of a people gathered around that fire. Nothing but the fire to keep away the cold and the dark. When the day had been long and the night didn't promise any relief, it seemed that the whole world hated them. Certainly everyone around them seemed to. And if they didn't stick together, if they didn't remind each other of how good and how sure God's promises were, they'd lose faith, they'd lose hope, they'd lose everything. So they sang a prayer softly to one another in the dark. Someone's laughing, Lord, come by here. Someone's weeping, Lord, come by here. Someone's praying, Lord, come by here. We can't stick together on our own. Bind us together. Hold us together. Hold us to you and to each other, hands clasped to each other's and hearts clasped to you, because, Lord, we're not going to see it through the day unless you hold us together, unless you keep your promises until you come back. So we today and the Gullah people aren't all that much alike. If we're going to be one, if we're going to stick together through the harshness of being in the world but not being of the world, we're going to need some help. We're going to need somebody to pray for us. Jesus, who did and is praying for us, that we would be held together because we can't always help each other. We can't always understand what the other is going through, but we know someone who does. So I'd like to use these words, kumbaya, to guide us in a brief meditation, a word of prayer for each other. If you join me in praying. Someone's laughing, Lord. Come by here. Lord Jesus, your name is our joy. While the world laughs at us, we laugh in the joy of being united together in your name. We can't help but rejoice in the name that you've given us in baptism, the name Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the name that means no matter what comes, we belong to you and we belong to each other. Lord, when our people are laughing, give us hearts that laugh with them. When we laugh at the joy of having the children come back up front, when we hear the laughter of children, Lord, give us hearts that laugh with them. Let your joy be fulfilled in us. When our brothers and sisters rejoice, give us hearts that rejoice in them, that rejoice in you. Let your joy be so complete, so fulfilled in us, that the world will see us and wonder who we belong to. Someone's crying, Lord. Come by here. Lord, you know our every trial and temptation. You know them each better than we ever could because you bore them all on the cross. Be with us among the pain and the loss of trials. Lord, let them strengthen us and strengthen each other. Give us the heart that bears with our brothers and sisters when we don't know the first thing that they're going through as they mourn loss. Lord, give us hearts that mourn. Sanctify us in the truth of your word so that when the world looks so bleak, when it looks terrible, when we realize that we can't heal our brothers and sisters, that we can't completely empathize with them, when we can't give them back their dead, Lord, remind us that we know someone who does. And his name is Jesus, Lord. And hold us fast to that truth that you have risen, and so shall we. 
Someone's praying, Lord. Come by here. Lord Jesus, pray for us. You know what we're going through because you went through it first. We pray that you would cling to us as we cling to you for dear life. As you were sent into the world, we ask you to keep your promise, to be with us as you send us into the world so that more would believe in you through the word that you have given us, that we might all be one with you just as you are one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Come by here, Lord. Come quickly. Amen. I invite you to stand as we confess together, hearts as one, our faith in the word of the Apostles' Creed.